Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA, gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. This is Justin Monorail. And I've got some bad news for all of you. Today, it's just me, all by myself, here, hanging out with you for the next 30, 45 minutes, however long we end up going. Who knows? I could go on forever. I could go on for hours and just monologue to my little heart's content. No one here to tell me I talk too much today. No, just me, left to my own devices. Why? Well, Sam's on a road trip. She's not back yet. And the kids... They're sleeping. You know how they do? They party all night long. Can't get them out of bed. It's almost lunchtime on Sunday. And sound asleep. Still, not out of bed. So it's just me today. Landon had some stuff going on. He's got to do some stuff for work. <laughs> Whatever. Like, like work matters. The podcast is the thing. How many times do I have to tell people that? I don't know how to get that message across to these people, but the podcast is the thing. You know, I don't have to tell you all that because you're here. You're here with me today, and I have got quite a show for you. Guess what, my friends? Today is August the 31st, the very last day of August 2020. Thank goodness. Can we keep knocking these months out and just get 2020 over with, please? Please. I'm begging you, please. And this is episode number 123 of the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. I've done a few of these solo shows in the past I'm familiar with it. I'm comfortable with it. I'm going to have a good time. You know what? You're the one that gets to choose whether or not you have a good time with me today. So make the choice. Choose happiness. Choose joy. Be on Team Justin Monorail, because here we go. We're going to start off today's episode talking just a little tiny bit about some Disney news. There's not a ton to talk about over the last week, but we are headed into September. So I just want to kind of give a bit of a preview of what to expect in September and then we shall move on, and I want to do a little bit of a retrospective. As of yesterday, Saturday, August 29th, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge has been open for one year in Walt Disney World. It actually opened a little earlier over in Disneyland, but we don't talk about Disneyland. That's for the Hyperion Adventures podcast to talk about. Tom Michelle have that covered. I'm over here living in the Disney world, so we're going to talk about Galaxy's Edge. We're going to kind of look back over the year that has been. I want to talk about some of the things that were promised us in that land, some delivered, some not, and just talk about what I feel this last year in Batuu has been like. But first, before we get there, let's talk about the current Walt Disney World news. Ladies and gentlemen, guess what? Halloween has arrived. Yes, it came a little bit later than we wanted, usually mid-August, right? We're talking 
Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. That starts, what, August 1st every year? Typically, it keeps kind of creeping up on the calendar. Pretty soon, it's going to be like a 4th of July, Mickey's Not So Scary hybrid kind of a party. (laughs) I think we may get there. Who knows? But Disney, you know, the the reason they do it, people buy the tickets, people show up. We're going to dress up in costume, get our free candy from all the stations whenever we're allowed to do that again. Watch those fireworks. Watch the parades. Everybody loves seeing the Headless Horseman. So anyway, and of course... The park looks wonderful in its fall decor, all the autumn colors. What do you think of? You think of orange, you think of yellow, you think of brown, and you think of those pumpkin lanterns that they put up on the streetlights on Main Street. I'm painting a picture for you right now. Leaves, lights, scary, spooky sounds. Not really. I mean, at night at Magic Kingdom during the not-so-scary party, sometimes they'll play, you know, some different kinds of musics in different areas but it's not it's not really spooky they did a little more of that with the villains party and i'm telling you i i would be okay if disney started doing like uh let's create a couple different levels of the not so scary party we'll make a not so scary party for everyone like a family not so scary party for kids everybody of all ages then we're going to turn it up just a little bit i mean it's still disney we can't go crazy we're not going to go halloween horror nights crazy but let's turn it up just a few notches, bring more villains out, spooky sounds, maybe make a couple walkthrough areas that could potentially have, you know, some spooky things going on, some jump scares and things. I'd love like a little Dr. Facilier kind of uh, a walkthrough experience. Um, you could do some things with the Evil Queen and Maleficent and, and all sorts of the Huntsman. Oh my gosh, the Huntsman, underrated scary character. But we have what we have, right? Or right now we have what we don't have because there will be no not so scary party this year. That being said, at least we are still going to get the decorations. Yes, starting September 15th, 2020, the Magic Kingdom will be decorated in its Halloween fall decor. Yeah, we'll have the Mickey pumpkins on the on the street lights. We're going to have the bunting the kind of red, yellow, and orange bunting all down Main Street. Um, You'll get some of the the pumpkins, you know, and and different things in Town Square that people like to take the picture with. Um, Some really cool stuff. I love the fall decor. I think it's great. The first time I brought the family back in 2014, we came in October, mid-October. So, of course, everything was was totally decked out in the fall decor. So it also has kind of this little, like, sweet place in my heart to see the park that way. And I'm definitely excited to see it again. So, yes, we are going to get the decorations. And here's the thing. This is something we actually talked about on the podcast, I I think, a couple of weeks ago. I was saying, I think Disney would probably be okay if you come to the park dressed up. Disney has said, for the first time, guests of all ages can wear your funniest, Disneyest, most creative costumes during Magic Kingdom Park regular operating hours from September 15th to October 31st. It's true. Come dressed up. They're totally fine with it. Only children younger than 14 are allowed to wear masks, so keep that in mind, but everybody can come dressed up. I'm going to pose a question. Has there ever been a time where Disney would, like, kick somebody out if they showed up kind of dressed up in their funniest, most creative, Disneyest kind of dress like i i see people in the parks consistently and i guess you could call it disney bounding if you wanted to call it that but sometimes they might as well be in costume you want to talk galaxy's edge there were yesterday so mckenna and i were in galaxy's edge yesterday 
walking around celebrating the one-year anniversary. There were multiple times I saw people fully decked out, fully dressed as either a Sith or a Jedi. And if you didn't know any better, you might think they were characters in the park. So I don't think Disney turns people away. But what they are doing is encouraging people. So I guess what it'll do is kind of opens the door through that stretch of time. You know, people like to come to the Halloween party in their onesies, in their PJs. I guess people are going to the parks in their PJs. Um, do it. I think it's cool. And, and this is something I kind of thought would happen anyway. Of course, what they don't want, they don't want adults wearing masks. Aside from face masks. you got to wear your, your mask over your nose and mouth. You do have to continue to wear that. But nothing covering the entire face. And um, you can't, like, be posing as a Disney character and trying to take pictures with people and sign autographs. Like, they don't want people doing that kind of thing. Which is kind of why I don't know, um, or I don't understand why they don't crack down a little bit more throughout the year on some of the stuff that goes on, particularly in Galaxy's Edge, but, you know, it is what it is. People aren't typically showing up as Chewbacca, so... Or Kylo Ren, like, you you know, you couldn't pull that off. You could pull off a Ben Solo. You could totally do that. I guarantee you they wouldn't turn, turn you away. Show up as Ben Solo, you'd be fine. But anyway, I'm not trying to encourage people to come to the parks in costume. Um, Except for the Magic Kingdom from September 15th to October 31st. So keep that in mind. Now, one thing I did want to mention, we've talked about it the last couple of weeks, but it's really important because now we're coming up on the day when this is going to change. So Tuesday, September 8th, park hours are changing at all for Walt Disney World parks. So make sure that you're checking the hours. Make sure that you are planning accordingly. Really what this affects is closing time. They're all closing like an hour earlier, I think. So to give you uh, an idea, I know I've covered this in the past, but just to give you an idea. So right now, if you were to go, you know, today, August 31st, Magic Kingdom's 9 to 7, Epcot's 11 to 9, Hollywood Studios is 10 to 8, the Animal Kingdom Park is 8 a.m. to 6 Disney Springs, by the way, 10 a.m., 10 p.m. Don't think that's changing. So now, let's hop ahead a week. We're going to go to, well, a little over a week. We're going to go to September 8th, Tuesday. Magic Kingdom will change from 9 to 7 to 9 to 6. Epcot, 11 to 9 to 11 to 7. Hollywood Studios, 10 to 8 to 10 to 7. And here's the one that's a little trickier because it does change the opening time. Animal Kingdom going from 8 to 6 and will now be 9 to 5. So yeah, you're, you're losing two hours actually at Animal Kingdom too. But yeah, Disney Springs confirmed. Still 10 a.m., 10 p.m. A couple things I've observed just with the hours the way they are right now. Once the park's closed, a lot of these people that are, especially people that are staying on property, and I know Bob Chapik would lead you to believe it's not as many as you think. There are a lot of people in town. They may not be staying at Disney hotels, but there are a lot of people in town coming to the parks. Um... Disney Springs is really busy in the evenings on the weekends. This is what I've seen. Uh, I guess, you know, close the parks, the latest one being open at 9, of course, that being Epcot. But prior to that, if you're in Animal Kingdom, Magic Kingdom, you've got a few hours, maybe you want to get some dinner, you're you're probably going to go to Disney Springs if you're not going to eat at your resort or or do something else. So I do think that's increasing some traffic at Disney Springs. So just something to keep in mind. Also, from a crowd-level standpoint... I, I'm going to be interested to see what happens in September, especially after the hours get reduced, because it's been busy. August has been busy. Um, once they started kind of 
playing with capacity a little bit. The weekends started to get busier at all the parks, in particular at Epcot, in my opinion. And Hollywood Studios has been busy on the weekends. But September is going to be an interesting thing because at this point, schools are going to be back in, especially once you get after Labor Day, right? Schools are going to be back in session. Maybe weekends are still going to be just as busy. I don't know. But Labor Day weekend, I can tell you, is going to be very busy. So if you're looking at the calendar, looking at like uh, the 4th, through like the eighth or ninth, like that whole, well, let's say the third, because people might be coming to town on like Thursday, take advantage of like a, a four or five day kind of a weekend. So like, let's say the third through the seventh or eighth, I think it's going to be pretty busy across the parks. Um, it'll be really interesting. I, we don't have any park pass reservations, so we're not going to be going to any of the parks on Labor Day weekend. I will be very interested, interested to see what the lines look like and what people, you know, social media, watching social media closely, seeing what people are capturing in terms of congestion and crowd levels, because I think it's going to be pretty busy. Once we get past that, and, and actually just looking at annual pass holder availability for park pass reservations, um, Saturday, September 12th is totally full. No parks available. Epcot's available on the 13th, which is not a surprise because out of all the parks, Epcot tends to be more available because it's got a larger capacity. It's a bigger park. You can fit more people in there. But you get past that weekend, move to like the 19th, 26th, and then you move ahead to October. You're going to have fall break, but I, I mean, I'm looking at the calendar in October and it looks pretty pretty green and yellow for me right now in terms of availability. Yellow means there's one park left, if I go to, or one or two, it looks like, because Animal Kingdom and Epcot are pretty available on the weekends in October. Green during the week. If I could ever get a day off midweek, it'd probably be pretty nice to go to the parks. Just something to keep in mind. And in terms of weather, guys, it's hot, and it's going to be hot. Uh, we have angered the ocean spirits, and there are hurricanes and tropical storms and things happening. We're well into that season. Uh, maybe it was all the celebrating we were doing at the Tiki Room, but the, the gods are angry. So you got to watch out for storms. Of course, it's summertime. We're getting the daily like thunderstorms around like 3, 4 o'clock that just absolutely dump down gallons of water within a matter of minutes. Yesterday, it happened to us while we were at Hollywood Studios. We ended up taking shelter at the Mickey Shorts Theater, which is something we hadn't even seen in the past, but we did it yesterday. It's it's cute. It's kind of like a, let's find a way to create a greatest hits of Mickey Shorts and, and piece it all together with like an overall theme of Mickey and Minnie going on vacation. But the theater's cool, and I like that they've changed the seats, the seats to look like Mickey's shorts. It's appropriate. But that wasn't the point of this story. We got stuck in a storm, lasted for a little while. Once you wait for the heavy stuff to kind of pass by, you're usually in the clear for a while, but it gets humid after those storms come down. I mean, it's humid anyway, but you want to talk about steamy, it is steamy for a little while. So something to keep in mind, always prepare it. You probably want to have ponchos with you if you're going to the parks, carry an umbrella, something, because you never know. You might not be in a position where you can like easily take shelter. And these things come, sometimes they'll pop up, all of a sudden you are in a shower. And it does not take long to get drenched when, when it's coming down hard. Big old raindrops. So be prepared for that. Drink plenty of water. One of my biggest pieces of advice that I could give you during the times right now where you're going to the parks, it's hot, you have to wear a mask. It's You're not supposed to be walking and drinking, right? So if you have a drink in your hand, Disney has asked that everyone, if you're going to take a drink, if you're going to eat, please pull over, be stationary, pull to the side, then you can take your mask off, take a drink, eat. It's very easy to forget to stop and drink. 
Stop and have water. Stop and make sure you're hydrated. It's totally easy to forget that because you're going, 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 going. Don't forget it. Take advantage of the relaxation stations. Make sure that you are getting your rest because it's also easier to wear down in the heat, you know, and you've got the extra layer with the mask over your face and maybe you're not getting enough hydration. So slow down, make sure you're taking care of yourself and try your best to make the most of this kind of weird time because again, a lot of times during the week, parks are a little lower. It's easier to get a lot of stuff done. Just uh, take care of yourself. And, and make sure you're listening to the cast members. Make sure you're following the signs, following the guidelines. Don't don't be somebody who ruins it for all of us. And we're all going to get through this thing. But if you're coming down in September, love to hear you know what your plans are, what parks you're going to go to. And, and then, of course, once you experience it, what you did see, what was it like, uh, what kinds of things. Were, what, what are your observations of, of the parks right now? And that's for everybody, really. You can always let us know. Chime in. We love to hear from you. Okay, going to take a little break right now. When I come back, I am going to look back on the year that was in Galaxy's Edge, Black Spire Outpost, Batu, whatever you want to call it. Let us celebrate the one-year anniversary of Star Wars Land. Welcome back to the monorail. Justin Monorail still with you. Nobody showed up during the break. Still just me, but you know what? We're getting through this. We're doing it together. You and me. It's just us in this thing. Well, really, we're all in this together, but in terms of creating the audio, just me. Solo. Ah, solo. That works. That's a good transition. Because now it's time to talk about a land far, far away in a galaxy far, far away. A long time ago, <laughs> Star Wars. I can't play the music, guys, because I'll get uh, a copyright issue, copyright strike, and then I'll never make money from this podcast. <laughs> As if that was ever going to happen. Not going to happen, guys. If you if you ever like think to yourself, you know, maybe I should make a podcast because I want to I want to just get a piece of that podcasting jackpot. I know that people are rolling in all those podcast dollars, and I want to get my taste of it. The plates are empty. <laughs> there's, there's nothing to go around. Podcasting is a hobby. Yes, again, I do have a day job. This ain't it. But it's fun. It's fun to talk about this stuff, and it's fun to talk about Star Wars. So let's get into it. A year ago, August 29th, 2019, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opened up for the first time in Walt Disney World. And I was there with about, I don't know, 30, 40,000 of my closest friends. Holy moly. This was just about the craziest experience that I've ever had going to a Walt Disney World park. I have been to ride opening days. I've been to New Year's Eve in Epcot in Magic Kingdom. You know, I've seen big crowds. I've been part of it. Never experienced something like this. The anticipation was unbelievable. And while some people feel that Disney kind of botched the marketing of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge a little bit, and maybe they did, 
I think that they built up enough demand that uh, day one w- was not an issue. And, you know, especially for like the first couple of months. I mean, it was it was pretty crazy in, in Galaxy's Edge here on the East Coast. When we finally got the opening date of Galaxy's Edge, I knew I wanted to be there for it. It ended up being a Thursday. So I knew I was going to have to take at least a day off work, probably a couple days off work in order to be a part of this. And I knew I didn't want to experience it all by myself. Garrett was in school. McKenna was in school. They couldn't go. My wife, Sam, you know her as Sam, Sam Monreal. She was working. She couldn't go. So I had to kind of reach out to my buddies and say, guys, this is a big deal. This is a big event, a once in a lifetime kind of thing. Come on down to Orlando. Let's get a room at the Art of Animation. Let's make this a a guy's trip to Galaxy's Edge. So Landon, of course, answered the call. He was there. Like, no question. We talked about it one night at his place, and he was like, oh, yeah, we're doing this. And then we decided, but, you know, more people, more fun. And I know somebody else who's a huge Star Wars fan, also a Disney podcaster, also a good friend of ours who would love to be there, too. I've heard him talk about it. I've heard him say things like, there's no way. I'm not going anywhere near that place for, like, at least a year, if not more. It's going to be too crazy. And I know he was just trying to, like, get himself in the right headspace so he didn't have all this FOMO going on. But we couldn't have experienced this and had the the time that we did without Frank Cardillo coming down to be part of it. So reached out to Frank. I was like, Frank, look, if you can get down here, we've got a room. You can stay in the room with us. You've got to go to Galaxy's Edge. We've got to do this thing. And Frank was wishy-washy about it, <laughs> as he typically is with things like this. He was like, I do want to, but I don't know. And as he got the green light from the family, he was in. And so Guy's trip materialized and was the thing. We ended up settling in early on the night of 28th. I think, I don't know. I mean, we were all super excited. It was like, you know, it was like going to bed on Christmas Eve. It was hard to get to sleep hard to want to actually like calm down and get yourself into that restful state because all that anticipation and anxiousness about oh my gosh but what time do we need to get up and what time should we be at the park and and do we know when they're going to open up the toll plaza do they know when they're going to let people through security and we were doing all kinds of work we were asking cast members at the hotel we were i was actually in hollywood studios the day before for a little while and i and i even I spoke with the cast member standing right outside of the entrance to Galaxy's Edge and asked questions like, do you know when cars are going to be let in? Do you know when people are actually going to be let in the park? When's security going to open? No answers. They didn't know anything, or at least they weren't telling me. They weren't sharing it if they did. And it did feel like Disney was kind of making some of these decisions last minute, which is a shock. It's like they didn't know that people were going to try to camp out for this thing to be the first ones in. But of course people want to do that. And I don't know, was it a mistake in not kind of being prepared for that? Yeah, probably. Should they have potentially let people into the parking spaces and like camp overnight if they wanted to? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think for kind of getting everything together and deciding, making some last minute decisions, moving cast members around, dealing with the crowd flow and all that, I think they did okay. But I mean, I'm not here to criticize that. So... We end up, we finally do settle in, we go to bed. We wake up at 3. If I'm remembering correctly, we, were, we woke up around 3, 
And Frank is already getting text messages from Angela Dahlgren because Angela was also staying at Art of Animation. She was down there for touring plans. She was supposed to be making some videos, meeting up with some other touring plans people. They were doing not only opening of uh, Galaxy's Edge, but they were going to do... It was opening day for food and wine, too. So perfect storm of awesomeness. It was just going to be the best weekend ever. So uh, he's getting texts from Angela. She was like, if you guys are going to ride the bus, you better get over here. Bus is here. Buses started running at like 3.30, I think. I don't know. It was super early when the buses were running. So we were like, no, no, no. We're going to drive. We want to, you know, we want to have the car. So we end up picking up Angela. She goes with us. And we were in the park. Like we parked. We got through security. And we were in the gates. And it was around, I think we were in by 4.15 a.m., by the way. We're talking a.m. 4.15 a.m. Earliest that I've ever been in a park. I've never gotten to do like a a 24-hour event like they did at Magic Kingdom a few times. I'd love to do it. I would absolutely do it. And I would have to make some sort of challenge out of it. But I'd never done it before. So this was was the either earliest slash latest I've ever been in a Walt Disney World park. I think the latest I've ever been is probably for an after-hours event, probably like 1.30 so I'm just like a hair shy of actually spending like every single hour of a day in a Disney park. But I digress. We're in the park where we are right at the end of Hollywood Boulevard. You know, the, the they've got the big kind of Mickey obelisk <laughs> right there welcoming you into Hollywood Studios. We were right there. And all we could see down Hollywood Studios was a mass of humanity. We felt like we were the last ones there. It was insane. So as they start, and the reason they started letting people in so early is because security was getting like really, really backed up. And once like what, basically what happens is if the people that they let through security make it to the gates and then that line ends up backing up all the way to security and they can't get more people through, they start letting people like into the parks in chunks. So they guided us down Hollywood Boulevard. We ended up kind of making that left-hand turn at the Chinese theater, heading towards the Star Tours area, going towards Grand Avenue, and we make it all the way to the corridor of the transition from Grand Avenue to Galaxy's Edge, and they stop us there. And at this point, we're just... Like, I've never, I've never been smashed in a crowd of that many people in a theme park like that. Like I've never, like we couldn't, you couldn't move. There was no space to move. It's kind of crazy thinking about that from the 2020 coronavirus perspective, because goodness gracious, we were sharing, sharing germs with every single person um, in the park of that day. So there we were, they started to let us in and just the energy, the enthusiasm. It was amazing. Like I've said this so many times, but being part of that crowd, it definitely felt like it was like a convention atmosphere, like you were going to Comic Con or Dragon Con or something. All these like-minded people there to celebrate a specific thing, and it is. It's like you're surrounded by just a ton of your friends. Like the 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 mood is everybody's happy. We're all kind of joking with each other, and you can't help but have conversations with everybody around you because you're pretty much standing face to face. So Frank's handing out Dillo's Diz cards because he's a master advertiser. He's a master marketer, uh, getting people to listen to his podcast. I totally wasn't prepared. He even had a Star Wars shirt on that said Dillo's Diz on the back. He's brilliant. And But then Lana and I are just like, oh, yeah, you know, we do a podcast too, but we don't have anything to give you. But we get into the parks, uh, or they, we get into Galaxy's Edge, and we're just overwhelmed. Now, full disclosure, I had been in Galaxy's Edge once before because I got to go for Passholder Preview, but... It was a totally different feeling going in this time with my with my friends going in day official day one opening with all these people who had not been in there 
and getting to see everybody experience it for the first time. It was beautiful. So the question that comes up a lot is, did Disney make a mistake in creating a land, a brand new land that's not based on any land we'd seen in a movie, in a TV show, anything like that, just a, a brand new place rather than making this, you're coming to Tatooine. Or even like, this part's Tatooine, this part is the forest moon of Endor, this part is Hoth, this part is Coruscant, like, who knows? I personally feel like it was, I'm fine with the, I, I like the decision. I like that they're creating like a new story, because this is supposed to be a story that you're living in. It's not a thing that's already happened. You're not walking through Star Wars history. You're part of a living, breathing Star Wars story. And you get to create your own story. Now, here's where we start to get into promises made versus promises kept and not kept. When Galaxy's Edge was announced, we heard lots of different things about what we might get to see and experience there. One of the things that really stands out to me, a couple off the top of my head, is this idea of reputation and how you are building your individual character's story and reputation, and that's somehow going to have consequences or implications in Galaxy's Edge. Like, I don't know if this was an example or I just made this up, but say you go into Oga's Cantina, you've got a reputation for being a scoundrel, and maybe people interact with you in a certain way because of that. Or who knows, maybe you're, you've gained reputation of First Order, Resistance, and, and that causes things to happen. And vice versa. You go, like, say you go to Rise of the Resistance... Maybe people interact with you a certain way because of your reputation. And all this was going to be powered by Magic Bands, RFID, all that stuff. Enhanced by the data pad, of course. So if you don't already know, you can use the Play Disney app to access the data pad when you're in Galaxy's Edge. You can use that to hack into doorways. You can tune antennas. You can hack droids. You can translate you can scan, you can do all kinds of stuff with the data pad and all of that stuff gains you reputations. You can take jobs where it says, Hey, go do this thing. Hey, I need you to listen into this conversation, download these schematics, whatever it may be. You can do that stuff today. All it earns you is reputations and credits, which don't seem to have any impact. You can use the credits to buy some things on the data pad, like some, you know, little pieces of gear or whatever it may be for your avatar. But other than that, it seems like there's a piece missing and that piece missing is that interactive element of the land that would actually somehow involve your reputation you've gained that is stored on the data pad. So I don't know. Is that something still to come or not going to happen? Who knows? The other thing is we also heard stories of there being elements in the land that could be interactive to where you yourself could actually potentially use the force to move an object or maybe open a door. Or we would see Jedi walking around. Jedi and Sith that interact with the land. Maybe there would be confrontations between these people. Like little street shows. If you guys ever remember seeing... This is what comes to mind. If you ever remember seeing advertisements, if you're an East Coast person, for Ghost Town in the Sky in Maggie Valley, North Carolina. One of the things that they did was they would do showdowns between you know cowboys like out on a um, kind of like a ghost town set, basically. Um, shootouts and such. Well, I kind of pictured something like that happening with the characters in Galaxy's Edge, but you don't really see that. There is implied interaction between, like, Vi, who is the spy, um, and the stormtroopers and Kylo Ren. And then the same with Rey and Chewbacca. They just try to avoid each other. They don't ever actually, like, interact. 
the only time they did something like that was when Rise of the Resistance opened officially, and then there was this sort of show that they did with Ray and Chewbacca and Vi interacting with like First Order officers, Kylo Ren and Stormtroopers. There was like a shootout and all kinds of things going on, stunt show almost aspects to it. We don't like. I would love to have a little more of that. I'd love that to be like a just out of the blue. These things happen in the land. Um, and it feels organic, but certainly it's, you know, planned and staged and all that. But you don't really get so much of that. Or none at all. I mean, it's like everything's there. All the pieces are there. It just doesn't go all the way in that direction. But here are some of the things that were promised that, in my opinion, are delivered. All the people, the cast members that populate Batu, they are citizens of the galaxy. And they all have their own story. They love to talk to you. And they really help enhance the experience there. The marketplace is amazing, and so far, very little, like Star Wars, quote-unquote, Galaxy's Edge gear shows up in that marketplace. So it tends to be stuff that's like, you go to the Toy Dairy and Toy Makers, it's handmade items that these people that live in Batu have created and they're selling to you, and sure, some of these look like characters we've seen in the movies, but... They're just kind of like vague representations because there is no Star Wars. What is Star Wars? They don't know what that is. They live in this galaxy. So these are stories they've heard of heroes or villains, and they're making these replications of them. Doc Undar's fantastic. That is the most cool shopping experience I think you can have because there's so much to see in there. The Doc Undar animatronic behind the kind of behind his little fence, fenced in area at his desk. Uh, with his giant abacus behind him, you know, running the business. Great. All the Sith relics, the the Jedi relics, all that stuff, artifacts. It's all so cool. And then they've got, you know, the little living pieces in there. They've got a, a diet, not a, not a Dianoga. They've got um, the Sarlacc, a little mini Sarlacc you can look at. They've got the little toad thing in there. And they do, oh, they do have a Dianoga in there. Like one of the cast members told us yesterday that right up at the counter, uh, it's like a little baby Dianoga that they have in there. And then... You know, you go over to like to the Star Wars area at the marketplace where the bathroom is. There's a there's a freaking Dianoga in the tank. You're drinking Dianoga water. Who knew it? The the blue milk. They've got the blue milk. We were promised blue milk. We got blue milk. The cantina experience with Ogas, I would say, is like seventy percent what we were promised, thirty percent not. I mean, it's it's a unique experience. The food and drink there is. It feels Star Warsy. It feels galactic. It's 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 not your typical like Earth drinks. You can't get that kind of stuff there. And I don't want to. You shouldn't be able to. You're in Star Wars land. Make it themed. Like 100% go with that. Uh, DJ Rex spinning the hits of the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. I love that. But there are some things I think are missing. Like why aren't there characters in there? Why aren't there droids? Weren't we promised droids? Like rolling around, interacting in the land. And I don't mean just in Ogas, but just in the land. It would be so easy to have a couple little droid AIs in Ogas, you know. Well, maybe droids aren't welcome there. But they could still have some bounty hunters in there or something. Just something to make it just a little more immersive. Let's talk a little bit about the rides. So, Smuggler's Run. Smuggler's Run was promised to be. You get to fly the Millennium Falcon. You run a mission. You have to do your job. It's a six person teamwork experience. I, I kind of feel like it delivered on what we thought it was going to be. I do feel like if you're not in a group of six all together, 
the experience falls off a little bit when you're with strangers, especially if you're not piloting. Um, and then the whole experience is in the hands of the pilots, uh, because if they're not doing a good job, you, you can't, the gunning experience is no good engineers. You have to spend all your time repairing the ship. You can't really even watch what's happening. The money positions are the pilots right and left right now. What they're doing in having only individual parties go in the cockpit. That is fantastic. There should be a way, honestly, there should be a way for you to like, maybe there's a line that's like, put me into a group. So it fills up to a group of six, or I want to go individual party. Those should maybe be the two lines. And you know, if you're willing to be put with strangers, fine. If you want to be on your own, fine. And it just takes longer. You know, if you want to go individual, it's going to go faster. If you want to go with everybody else, if that were the case, I think that solves a little bit of the problem there, but I can tell you, I, you know, done millennium Falcon smugglers run now, let's say eight or nine times. Um, my best experiences have been in groups where it's either a majority or only people that I know that are in my party that are there with me when I've gone individual or just with like maybe one other person, we get put with a group of four. It's just that experience falls off quite a bit. Cause especially if you're not piloting, if you're just engineer, you're with random people. It's just, it's just not the same rise. On the other hand, I think 100% delivers. It's exactly what we, well, it's, it probably far exceeds what we thought it was going to be. It's so unique. It has easily earned the spot as like the defining attraction of the land, if not the park, if not what Walt Disney world. And if I only had one criticism to give about the land just across the board, it's that it didn't, they didn't just open it all at once. They should have just opened it all at once (laughs) because when they open galaxy's edge with no rise, you're missing the centerpiece. You're missing the headliner and you open the land with smugglers run Obviously, the criticisms are going to start rolling in. People are like, well, you know, you only have this one ride. And where's where's Luke Skywalker? And how come this isn't Tatooine? And, and why am I not seeing some of this stuff that was promised? When Ry- You saw when Rise opened, very, very little, if any, criticism. Uh, or people saying that it didn't live up to the hype. You never hear that. Like, I hyped that ride up to everybody that I talked to. They go ride it, and they were like, you were right. It delivered. And it does. It does every single time. So I think you open it up. I know that's, you know, delaying it. You're delaying possible like income. They spent a billion dollars on galaxy's edge in Walt Disney world and in Disneyland, a billion dollars each to create these lands. Of course they want to start getting return on investment, but I just think it's a mistake to open a partially completed land that hasn't fully been rounded out. And I don't think it's fully been rounded out yet. I think there's more to come. What do I think of the last year? on Batu. Personally, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, have been my whole life. And I love it. I love Galaxy's Edge. I do. Is the blue milk sometimes disappointing? Yeah, you know why? Because I think the only time I've ever gotten it where it's been fully frozen was the first time. <laughs> ever since then it's been half melted if not three fourths melted and I don't know what's going on with that. There's not a lot I would criticize though. Do I lament some of the things that we were promised? that we don't get sure that we haven't gotten yet. Sure. But if I never had a concept of those things, you're walking a star Wars set. Basically there's an a wing. There's an X wing. You see the millennium Falcon. There's Kylo Ren's tie fighter. You've got stormtroopers walking the streets. Ray and Vi and Chewbacca are popping up all over the place. 
you have first order occasionally. This doesn't happen all the time, I don't think. But occasionally you have first order officers like walking around talking trash to the crowd. It's great. It's wonderful. Ogas is fantastic. I love the drinks. I love the atmosphere. I love flying the Millennium Falcon. I love walking on the Millennium Falcon. Um, And Rise, incredible. I think it's been a good year. And I think that my hope is that they continue to build on it. I hope they don't start backtracking on some things. I hope that they don't start taking away some things. One thing that I felt like was a bad sign was uh, when Docking Bay 7 decided to go away from their Star Wars-y names of the dishes, and now they have to tell us what it is in Earth speak, basically, in basic. This is what it is. Tip Yip is chicken. Okay. That makes me sad. It makes me sad that people stole all the sporks, and now we don't have the fancy uh, Star Wars sporks in Docking Bay 7. But that was our fault. Actually, both of those things are are the guest's fault. I think we ruin it for ourselves, I guess is what I'm kind of getting at. It could continue to grow. It could continue to be better. And we kind of ruin it for ourselves. We haven't even scratched Galactic Star Cruiser, that resort, when it opens up. You know, you are basically going to be in an immersive story for several days on your, or two or three days, like living Star Wars. It'll be interesting to see what that effect, like what that, what effect that has on Galaxy's Edge, if any. And then the other thing I would say is, if you want future cues on how to run quick service, Ronto Roasters is the prime example of how to do it right. Ooh, ooh, a Ronto rap. How could we wrap up our talk of Galaxy's Edge a year in review without talking Ronto reps? If I had only gotten, say they just added Ronto Roasters onto Star Tours, done, success. <laughs> Call it a day. <laughs> All right. I think I've gone on long enough. While we take a moment to reflect on Galaxy's Edge turning one year old on August 29th, 2020, I would love to hear your thoughts. Have you been there? You know, what did you expect going in? Did you feel like it delivered? What did you feel like they should do differently? Anything, all of that. This would be a great opportunity to call the voicemail, by the way. I want to hear your voicemails on Galaxy's Edge. 407-917-2144. I'll play them next week if you call in. You can send me an email, mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. Talk to us on Twitter, at Morning Monorail. Our Facebook group is the Monday Morning Monorail Family. You can talk to us in all those places. Tell me what you thought, what you think about Galaxy's Edge. Did they nail it? Is it a miss? Is it a failure? As maybe they view it because it didn't increase park attendance at all somehow i don't view it as a failure for me 100 percent success but i don't know maybe i'm a sheep call me a sheep i do wear a mask everywhere i go i don't care so thank you all for listening so much thanks for being part of this show thanks for being part of the monorail family as always you all are amazing and we love interacting with you throughout the week Make sure that you're tuned in Tuesday nights to the Parks and Monorail's most magical hour live with Frank and Jen from Theme Park Thursday with Dillo's Diz. You can find that feed 9.30 p.m. on the Dillo's Diz YouTube page and on their Facebook. They found a way to simulcast it to their Facebook. You can hear the audio on the Monday Morning Monorail Podbean. Be a follower. Follow us on Podbean and you can actually call in and talk to us live on the show. Maybe we'll talk some Galaxy's Edge this week. I don't know. I don't control the content. I just show up and bring the star power. (laughs) Who am I landing all of a sudden? As always, it's been great. We really appreciate you being a listener. Please come back again next Monday. And until then, have a magical week. Bye-bye.
Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for riding with us today. We hope you enjoyed the journey and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Until then, we want to hear from you. Send us questions, comments, and suggestions on Twitter at Morning Monorail. Our email address is mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. You can also call our voicemail at 407-917-2144. As we approach the station, gather your belongings and please watch your step as you exit. <laughs> See y'all.